Okay, first of all, the learning this morning and breakfast is being sponsored by Benny Wilson, Le'ili Nishmas, Sarah Bas Moshe, Shoshav and Aliyah, and Shev Brach and Hatzlach should come to the home of Shavacha, Okay, so um, we're going to begin today a little bit, I probably a uh, introduction to the third parak of Sefer Yeshua, but just to recap a little bit of what we've learned. The first parak of Sefer Yeshua was taking place, Moshe Rabbeinu dies on Zayin Adar, and after the Shleishim of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Rabbani Shalom says in Avua to Yeshua Benun, okay, get ready, you're now taking over, you're going to lead Kal Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, and let's get moving, okay. And then, then Yeshua Benun, after hearing that Nevoah, gives over the message to the Kal Yisrael that Hashem told me, let's get ready. In three days, we're going to start traveling toward, we're, in three days, we're going to cross over the Yardin. We'll start their conquest of Eretz Yisrael, the city of Yericho. That was basically Perak Aleph. Perak Beis, the Navi, went back in time to the Shiva of Maishar Benu and told us about a uh, secret mission that Yeshua Benun had that he sent two spies, Kaliv and Pinchas, to by themselves cross over the Yardin and you know enter into the city of Yericho, check out the Matziv. That was a whole story with Rachav Azaina and her conversion. We spent a lot of time on that, and what Geirim is and the Shlichas of Kaliv and Pinchas in terms of uh, foreshadowing the coming of Mashiach. We spent a lot of time on that. But now in Paragimel, we go back to sort of continuing what Perak Aleph was about, which is. We're now, again, after the Shleish of Lohesh the Jewish people were just told that in three days we're going to cross the Yardin, and now in Paragimel, we have the story of the crossing of the Yardin, okay? Now, again, the, the Kitzer, the, the process was, was, was <coughs> of crossing the Yardin was as follows. And there's a lot of details in it. We'll see Bez Hashem over the coming weeks or so, you know, some more details about it as we go through, say, uh, Paragimel, Paragdalit. But very, very, very simply, the process was is that the Yardin split like the Yamsuf, right? But if you, if you just imagine, when it comes to a, a sea like the Yamsuf, so when it's split, so two walls, you know, the water on this side stood up, and the water on this side stood up, and there was a clear path in between, okay? That's how a sea would split. A river is flowing, okay? So what happened was like this. The Jewish people are traveling, they're walking towards the Yardin. Again, this is all happening. The Jewish people are in, are in Jordan. They're on the other side of Eretz Yisrael, the other side of the Yardin. But they're traveling towards the Yardin. And what's in front of them, as we'll see in, in a second in the Psukim, what's traveling in front of them is the Aran. Okay? The Aran is being carried and traveling in front of Klai Yisrael. Now, by the way, the, 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 the traveling, the carrying of the Aran was unique in this case. All the years of Klai Yisrael's traveling in the desert, who carried the Aran? Levium, right? Levium, specifically from the family of Kahas, right? Because if you so, they would carry the Aran amongst all the other Kalim as well. But this was a, uh, a, a, a something different, that instead of Levium carrying the Aran, it was Kahanim carrying the Aran. Now, it's a machlekes between the Rambam and the Ramban, whether this was a beginning of a new mahalach that would continue on, that it was now, it was always Kahanim carrying the Aran whenever it needed to be carried, or was this something unique and special that was just the Kahanim right now? But either way, it was definitely different than what was until now. Until now, it was always Levian, and now it's Kahanim. Okay. The Aaron would travel in front of Klai Yisrael, and we'll see, as the Pasuk describes, that Yeshua tells the Jewish people to stay at somewhat of a distance from the Aaron. Not too far, but not too close. We'll talk about that. The, when, and the way it happens is as follows. The Aaron is proceeding in front. Once the feet of the Kahanim enter into the Yardin, just on the banks of the river, then the Yardin begins to split. Now the way, again, like I said, a river is flowing. So what happened was, is that the water 
you know, let's say they're walking into the into the Arden, and the water that's flowing towards them, you know, that's uh, that's flowing towards them, so started to pile up. So that's how Chazal described it: is that the the, the it became not just a wall like the like the Yamsuf, it became this huge tall pillar. It kept on getting higher and higher and higher because the waters keep on flowing, and it keeps on piling higher and higher and higher. Chazal talk about miracles that took place like that, but that's how it happened. Okay, while the Kahanim are standing there with the Aaron. <clears throat> now the river is being dried up and it's uh, piling up on itself like a huge column. Kali Yisrael proceeds over the Yardin till the last member of the Jewish people are on the other side. Now the Kahanim step back and the water begins to flow normally again. And now you have a funny phenomenon. Kali Yisrael is on one side of the Yardin, right? And the Kahanim are now stuck on the other. So this was another miracle. We'll see this soon that the Kahanim then flew with the Aaron. Nice as nice of, right? The Aaron carried really those that were carrying it. And they just flew right across the Arden to join the rest of Kali So that was basically the procession. Again, there's a lot of more details in terms of how it happened and so on, but that's the basic uh, overall idea. Now, you, you do not have this in front of you, but just gonna, as sort of an intro, just read a couple psukim in the beginning of Saragimel, and then we'll just talk about the Chlal, the Indian of the Yardane, and this interesting phenomenon of it being, of it being split, Davka with Kahanim carrying the Aaron. And what's the significance of, like, you have to, we have to understand to appreciate this. This is really the first contact, the first real interaction between Knesset Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. Right? This is really the beginning. I mean, until now we had Raglam go in, spies go in, different, you know, small, uh, you know, little individual members of Kalah Yisrael. But this is really the beginning of Kalah Yisrael's entrance into the land. So it has to be very significant. So this Indian of the Yardin being split, Davk with Kahanim carrying the Aaron. So let's investigate what that means for us in the Vedas Hashem, you know. But you want to also come into what Eretz Yisrael means. So let's see. So again, you don't, you don't have this in front of you, just a couple of psukim. <clears throat> again, this is going back to continuing the first parak. It's again 30 days after Moshe's death. It's after the Shleishem. Yeshua Benun just received the message from Hashem that uh, it's time to move. So Vayashkim Yeshua Baikir. Yeshua wakes up in the morning. It's the day after Shleishem. The Yisu Mehashitim. And they, all of Kali Yisrael begin to travel from the place of Shittim, which is where they were settled. And they reach the uh, banks of the Yardin, him, the whole Jewish people. And they, and they remain there until before they pass over, because Hashem said, you're going to cross over in three days. So they started traveling right away, but they waited. Obviously, they have to wait until uh, the designated time. Now, it's interesting, by the way, Chazal already make a point of this, why Yishuvanun waited till the morning. Again, he gets the message, it sounds like before that, the night before. So, news reason why the Mitzvah. Hashem never said, wait till tomorrow to start traveling. He said, you start traveling, and in three days you'll cross over the Yardin. So, no, why not start traveling already by the night? So, I'll make a point of this. There was some, some specific uh, reason why Yeshua ben Nandafka delayed the, even the traveling towards the Yardin until the morning. Okay, so I'll have to think about that too. Anyway, the Pasuk continues. Vahim Yamim. After three days of remaining by the banks of the river, the Yavru Hashaytim Bekerv Machna, so the officers now send the following message amongst Kla Yisrael, by Tzavah Samleimar, they command the Jewish people the following thing, Kiroyschem Esaroin Bris Hashem Elokechem, when you see the Aaron, the Aaron Habris, the Aaron, the Ark of the Covenant of Hashem your God. By the way, that's interesting. Throughout the entire parak, we see the Aaron is not just called the Aaron, it's called the Aaron Habris. The Aaron Habris, let's we'll see about that. So he said, when you see the Aaron, and the Kahanim, who are also Levian, but the Kahanim, Noisim said that they're carrying, which again is a Chiddush, that wasn't like that until now. So when you see the Aaron start moving and getting closer to the river, so you follow. 
Falach the Machmer, and you follow after the Aaron. Ach, but this was the instructions. You have to maintain a distance between you and the Aaron. Kel Payim Amba Mida within two thousand Amas, not more than two thousand Amas, but not close than two thousand Amas, like around uh, within that proximity of two thousand Amas. Al Tikkur Elov, don't get closer to that, but not not get farther than that. In order that you should know the direction that you're going, you follow the Aaron. You never, you never, you never, you were never here before. So you have to follow the Aaron. What's interesting, this Indian of maintaining that distance, not closer, but not further than Alpayim Amma. So Chazal say, Rashi brings it down also, that this was, um, this was in order to make sure that on Shabbos, the, Jew, the Jewish people will be able to be within within Tchum Shabbos of the Aaron. We'll see this later on, that when the Jewish people cross the Aaron, and we get to Yerichai, so they surrounded Yerichai, and there was a whole procession for seven days, it's a whole thing. So over that course of time, there was definitely a Shabbos there, and there was a special Hakpada that the Jewish people should be able to daven and to have their tefillahs and Nanavaydah near the Aaron. So if the Aaron is uh, you know, more than 2,000 amas away, it's out of Tchum Shabbos, you're not going to be able to get there. So it's a special Hakpada, says, says Yishu Benun, through the messengers, through the officers, that when you're traveling, make sure that, you're, that, you, have, that you give the Aaron its distance, but not too far that you're outside of Tchum Shabbos. Now this is very interesting, because this is not Shabbos right now. If you think about it, they could have been closer, further, it doesn't really make much of a difference. And when it comes to Shabbos, we'll set up Tchum Shabbos, and the Jewish people will then be told, okay, get close enough that you can go there for Shachris, you know, at the Daven by the Aaron. But evidently there was this Hakpada, again, this is also something we have to figure out, that even from the very beginning, to have like a Shabbos Dika, to be thinking about Shabbos ready from the beginning, even when it's, maybe it was only a Tuesday, who knows. So, uh, this is also something you have to think about. So again, a few of the questions that we have is, number one, just in terms of the details of the actual psukim we just learned, why is it that Yeshua Benun was makbid to wait until the morning to travel? Why not travel at night? Okay. Number two, why, we, why do we have to make achonis for Shabbos already before Shabbos? Again, the whole point of keeping that distance is in order to make sure that you'll be able to be there on Shabbos. So, Friday, make, make the proper hachanas. Why does it have to be so much before? You're not even, you don't even cross the Arden yet. I mean, it's like, okay, fine. So those are the, that's what we have to think about. Okay, so let's put the, those questions to the side. Let's learn a little bit about the Arden. Okay, so before we get into the Panini, so what the Arden means in the Nefesh and the significance of it, let's just practical, you know, learn things about the Yardin. So in, in the Marmukhamis that you have, so Marmukha number one, there's a few Gemaras about, about the Yardin. There's a Gemara in Babasra, Ayin Dalad Amabes. Okay, this is just talking about like where the Yardin comes from, where, where the waters originate from. <coughs> so Gemara says like this, Tani Nami Hachi, the Gemara records a Brisa, Yardin Yaitse Mimaras Pamayas, that there was a certain cave, obviously towards the, in the north, northern part of Eretz Yisrael, at least uh, in that area, that, uh, that had a wellspring of water coming out of that cave. The cave was called the Cave of Pamayas, and that's where the Yardin originates from, from that particular cave. The waters then flow from this cave and empty into a, a smaller, uh, you know, a bigger body of water than the cave, but smaller than the Yardin, called the Yam of Sivchi. And then it flows into uh, the Kinneret. And then from there it descends. Then there's the Arden, and it flows in, eventually into, uh, into the Yamagod of the Mediterranean. So, in other words, you have this, uh, you have the, um, whatchamacallit, the water originates from this cave of Pamayas. 
flowing into the Yardin, and from there, again, different bodies of water making its way into the Mediterranean. Ad shemagi lepiv shalavyasim. Says the Gemara, and eventually the waters make its way to the mouth of the Leviasim. Leviasim, as we know, is this uh, big, giant, uh, mystical fish, whatever it means, physically, not physically. So that's what the Gemara says. So we have this interesting thing, that the Yardin, three, three points that we're going to be discussing. The, the origin point of the Yardin is from this cave of Pamayas, and then the, the river of the Yardin itself, and eventually finding its way to the mouth of Leviasim. Okay? Take a look at Marmokha number two, is the Gemara Bechairis. The Gemara says, Om Rabbi Bar Abba, Om Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Bar Abba said the name Rabbi Yechanan. Lama Nikra Shema Yardain. Why is it called Yardain? Shayarid Midan. Now the Gemara in Bechairis gives us a little bit more of, a, of an understanding of the origin of the Yardain. This cave of Pemayas that the Gemara Babasra told us is where the water comes from. The Gemara Bechairis is telling us that this cave is within the portion of the tribe of Dun. And that's very significant. So significant that that's why it's called the Yardain is because Yairid Midan. It comes from the tribe of Dun. So already that's another point. So it's not just the cave, it's coming from Dun. The Gemara... Okay, so we'll hold off for the rest of the Gemara in, in a moment. Okay, so now let's, let's investigate a little bit the significance of this. So the Yardain... So now we have a, little, a, little, a couple more puzzle pieces, okay? The Yardin itself is going to be very much connected to the tribe of Dun. It's called Yardin because it's Yardin Dun. It comes from that cave <coughs> coming from Dun. And somehow the, that Yardin, which is coming from Dun, flows into the Leviathan. Okay, so let me explain something. We, we, this is going to be based on what we find in a lot of places by our Okay, So we're gonna, it's going to be Tzaddik this morning a little bit. Um, Everything in the world that Rabbanishim created, there's a big principle, which is Zelu Mazesolukim. Everything has its qualities in holiness and its qualities in unholiness. So when we talk about this Indian of Yardain and Leviasa, right? That's because that's what the Gemara said, that, that the Yardain comes from Shevadan and it flows into the Leviasa. So what are these so let, let's investigate what that means exactly, what the Yardin represents and what the Leviasan represents and how they're and how they relate to each other. So let's, let's see for a minute, let's learn about what that means in terms of not so good, and then we'll see what it means in terms of good. Okay. In the writings of Rav Tzaddik, we find that there are two basic Yetzaharas in the world. Two basic Yetzaharas. And uh, there's Yetzaharalach that fall into these two camps. So there's two basic issues that a person can have. One is the Yetzahara of Taiva, okay? And one is the Yetzahara of Kaas, of anger. Gaiva, Kaas conceit, anger, it's all coming from the same place. Taiva versus Kaas. And everything else is a derivative of that. Now, <clears throat> but in the writings of Rav Tzaddik, we find that these two qualities, these two qualities of Kaas and Taiva are rooted in two qualities of the human being, which is, they're not bad by themselves, but they, they can lead to negative places, which is the Kayach Adimian, the imaginative faculty of who a person is, the imagination, and the Kayach Seicha, the raw, dry, cold, calculated intellect. Okay? So it's like this. Taiva, in the writings of Ratzadik, and it goes back to Rishonim as well, Taiva is very, even in Chazal, is very associated with Dimian, with fantasy. It doesn't have to be explained too much, and that's, that's where it is. Uh, a, 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 in a very cerebral, cold, calculated way, Taiva is a, is a silliness. Like if you... If you if you like broke down, like, let's, let's take a type which is a little bit uh, nicer to talk about in public. Let's say eating, right? 
like if you think about it, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Mm. That a, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you're, you're taking, like if you look at it in a very cerebral, like, like calculated way, what are you doing when you're eating? You're trying to sustain your body. You're trying to bring nutrients into your body in order to keep your life going. And that's seichel. So alpi seichel, there's no reason to get all crazy in it. It's, 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 a, means, it's a means towards an end. The tachlis is not the, the tachlis is to have the energy from the food in order to accomplish something in life. That's seichel. So a, a seichel dick a person in that way is not going to become a baltaiv in that way. Where do people get uh, crazy with food? Right? Dimyanis, dimyan. Because we, we sort of just get caught up in the fantasy, in the, in the uh, you know, we, we, we're not thinking with seichel. So you get caught up in the illusionary aspect of the food. It becomes like a whole Indian, you know, it becomes a whole industry to make the food nice. And to, you know, it becomes its own Indian by itself. It's dimyan. And then there's worse taivas, as we understand. It's also related to fantasy. It's a kaycha uh, so dimyan, when it's unchecked and unhealthy, it flows into that place that's called taiva. In the Surah we find that, again, everything has a positive and negative. The, this concept of Luviyasan. Luviyasan is, in the negative way, the, the negative uh, interpretation, representation of what the Luviyasan represents is this world of taiva. That's what Luviyasan means. The Pasuk says, Luviyasan ze yetzar to l'sachig bai. That Hashem created Leviathan for the purposes of just playing, of having uh, enjoyment, of, of uh, just having a game of catch with Leviathan, whatever that means. Whatever the Rabbanu Shalom has games with Leviathan, whatever that means. But Leviathan is associated with any of fantasy, of illusion, of taiva, of just schaik, of schaik, of, of just having a game, which is also an illusion, right? Sports is also a dimmion, right? I'm not saying it's bad, but it's a dimmion, right? It doesn't like, you know, if you have uh, someone from the old country, right, that sees baseball for the first time, He's going to be thinking, like, what in the world are you guys doing? Like, you're spending all millions of dollars, billions of dollars in the industry for what? To figure out if this guy could throw the ball to another guy? I mean, it makes me sound like an old man, but you understand. Like, that's, that's, that's how it goes. It's, it's dimyan. It's very attractive and powerful dimyan, but it's dimyan. So, schaik b'chlal is dimyan. And dimyan has to do with taivas. It's all tied up in the same thing. You know, so they can charge $15 for a hot dog over there because people are in a dimyan state anyway. So Taivas mama gets caught up, Taivas, uh, Taivas uh, food gets caught up in it. So people just in that dimyan state, you don't realize how Piseicha, what you're doing. You're spending like $100, you know, it's crazy. But anyway, that's, you know, that's a, it's a schmooze by itself. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's what that's, that's, that's Leviathan means. That's Leviathan means. And there are certain Ashamas, by the way, within the Jewish people that are more susceptible to that world of dimyan, to that world of Taiva. In particular, in particular, it's uh, Yehuda. The tribe of Yehuda and all the Shvatim that are associated with Yehuda, they are Shvatim that are very much inclined to, the, to fall for that world of Dimyan. It's true. I mean, that's why you find even with the tribe of Yehuda and, and Yehuda himself, there's issues with Taivas, with Yehuda and Tamar, Dov and Batsheva. There's, there's Inyanim that fall into that place of Taivas because uh, they're, they're very much caught up in that place. Okay, that's the Leviathan. Yitzhak Sheni. Then you have, that's Dimyan. I mean, Tzadshani, you have another kaych in the Yundin, which is called Seichel. Now, Seichel, that cerebral, calculated person is not going to fall for the, for the fantasy, for the illusions of food and other types. It's not going not gonna, to not gonna fall for that. But the person that's very, cere- that's very cerebral, even, even in English, there's a, there's a language of cold and calculated. The kaych Seichel might not allow a person to fall for Dimyan, but that kaych Seichel could make a person into very angry, could make a person callous can make a person um, desensitize to other people. And when you take that to an, to an extreme, it could become a person who's a Balgaiva, 
a person who has a temper, even someone that's, that, that, that's a murderer. The Kleich HaSeichel, that cold, calculated way of, of looking at things very by the numbers, without any feeling, without any emotion. That's a, that's a, very, that's a very dangerous quality to have by itself. Uh, there's, been, there's been governments that, that are run like that, and they become very, very evil. They become very destructive. That way of just cold calculating without any Rachmanis, without any sense of feeling of what the other person is going through. That, that uh, uh, it's very, very unhealthy. When a person has that, that can fall into the Yetzirah of Gaiva, of Taiva, of, 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 of Kaas, of, of even Ritzicha. So what's interesting is, is that these two Kaichas that we have, the Kaicha Dimyan and the Kaicha Seichel, each one on its own can become very destructive. Dimyan on its own can fall into Taivas. Seichel on its own can fall into uh, a callousness, a sense of gaiva, even uh, even uh, yeah, being 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 dominant and in control because there's no, there's no there's no sense of rahman. It's every I'll be seichel if someone there, you know a person that's going I'll be seichel has a certain understanding of what life should be, of what his situation should be like, and if there's anyone that gets in way gets in the way of what I think the right thing is, then that person is is standing in the way of truth, so let's get rid of that guy. Or at least, in the very least, I'll be upset about that person. There's a certain, there's a certain rigidity with Seichel, of like, I know the truth is, it's, a, it's a, fi- a fixation on truth, which is beautiful, because the guy, the Baltaiva, needs a little bit of that. The Baltaiva is completely lost in fantasy. There's no truth. What's the truth? The truth is, the, the, the food in front of you is just significant in order to give you, to give you nutrients. So there's, there's a lack of, 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 of seeing the MS, with the world of the Baltaiva. But Mitzat Shaini, but that that complete fixation on absolute truth the way he sees it, without any without any give, without any without any room for there to be maybe things outside of your truth, that Seychaldika person is going to lead to anger, to frustration, to a negative eye, and to its farthest extreme, even Ritzicha itself. And so this is these are the two the two Taivas that we have. Within the Jewish people, and in Chaz these we're talking about tzaddikim, but within the Jewish people, there are certain, like I said, Yehuda is a Sheva that's more inclined to Dimyan. Yosef, on the other hand, is a Sheva that's more inclined to Seichel, which is why Yosef HaTzadik, he doesn't fall for Dimyan, he doesn't fall for fantasy, right? Because he's the Baal Seichel. Bitsasheni, his issue was speaking Lashonar about his brothers, not allowing room for people that maybe are not holding by his truth, you understand? So you see that, that's why even the Gemara says that in the tribes of, uh, the tribe of, of Yosef, the Menashe and Ephraim, we, there, was, um, um, there was a disproportionate amount of, Irim, of Ari Miklat, of cities of refuge, within the portion of Yosef, as opposed to the portions of other Shvatim. Why? What's the cities of refuge for? For murderers, in order to protect themselves. So evidently, the, the Gemara says, that there was more murder, murders in, I'm not, not I'm sure there wasn't that many to begin with, but there was more murders in the tribes of Yosef than there were in other places. That that so that's what this is. It's a gra, the Gra talks about this, that a person that's, if a person is desensitized, if a person is this seichel, then of course, it, 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 accidents will happen. If the person is, is more careful about it, it won't. So you see this Indian of Ritzich, of Kaas, of Gaiva, in that world of Yosef, more so than the world of Yehuda. That is the quality of Don. See, it's interesting. Yosef is the son of who? Of Rachel, right? But who is the first 
shevet to be born within the world of Rachel Imenu. Because the, the actual, the son of, Yos, of, of Rachel herself was Yosef. But even before Yosef was born, Rachel takes Bilhah, right, as sort of like a co-wife, right? And Yaakov has a child with Bilhah to sort of begin to build the world of Rachel Imenu. Who was the first child of Bilhah? Don. Don. The word Don is din, right? The, world, the, the word done means judgment. It means seichel. It means absolute truth. It means absolute truth. The Gemara says in Brachas, for example, that, that if you have a Jew, that uh, any time there's a conversation, it's like, you know, uh, let's, let's take it to a dintar. He's always, you know, like, we're going to a dintar. Every, every uh, you know, the Gemara says such a thing. If a guy talks like that, it's mistam, he's from Shevet Dun. The Gemara says such a thing. The Shevet Dun has that quality of rigid truth, rigid truth, of not, not allowing there to be any wavering of like what the truth is, which is a beautiful thing when it's, when it's tempered, but when it's not tempered, it could become mamish ugly, it could become very destructive. So the, let's, let's go back. So we have these two things. The Yardin is called the Yardin because it's Yoyerid Midan. It comes from the tribe of Dun and it flows into the Leviathan. The Leviathan is Leviathan Zayitzar to Lesachik by. Leviathan is the world of Taiva, the world of Dimin, a fantasy. Yardain is what? Is coming from Don, which is Din, judgment, strict, Seichel. What's going on over here is as follows. What we're seeing by the Yardain is a Yichud, is a unity, is a combination of this world of Seichel with that world of Dimyan. So the Yardain is flowing from Shevet Don, from that cave, and it's flowing into the mouth of the Lyasa. Now, in, in a negative, in the world of of, of, of of the, of the problems of Demian and the problems of Seichel, the interaction between these two experiences of the Yardin and the Lyasin means that they're balancing each other. In other words, the nature of, of the Yitzhahara is the Yitzhahara by, by the nature is not unified. So you have this phenomenon in terms of the Yitzhahara. You have the Yitzhahara of Taiva and the Yitzhahara of Gaiva, of Kas, of Ego. These two Yitzharas are opposite from each other. You know, one's Seichel and one's Demian. So what do you do if you're a Dimian guy, right? And you know, everyone knows within themselves whether you're primarily a Baltaiva or primarily a Balgaiva. You know, that's usually, those are the two camps that a person falls into, again, in terms of, of the negative sides of who they are. So what's, what we're learning from this situation is that the Yardin has to flow into the Lviasin. Lviasin has to receive from the Yardin. If you are a Baltaiva, then you have to try to incorporate into your way of thinking a little bit more Seichel. And that seichel will then balance your imagination. And if you're a seichel guy, and everything upsets you and frustrates you because no one's doing the way you want it, no one's uh, treating you properly, no one's doing everything the way it's supposed to be, so then what? Then you have to bring a little dimming into your life. Go to a ball game and just chill, just relax a little bit. You know that? No, I'm serious. You have to just just to just to bring a little dimming into your life to balance and to cool down that seichel, the liyasan and and the yarding. Those are the two worlds that's that's going on over here. You take a look. Say it again. Emotion, emotion is very often m- more easily triggered by dimyan, but it's not the same. Emotion could also be a derivative of one seichel. A person could be thinking about and contemplating uh, an idea and become emotionally excited by that. But it's just it's much easier for the emotions to be triggered by fantasy. But love dafka, but 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 I wouldn't say that that the emotions are. You know uh, uh, the kaycha dimyan, but they're definitely the the the, 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 la- the relationship there is definitely easier to trigger. That's for sure. To make the balance, to say, like, go for dimyan, it say it again. To make that balance, times two, times two, times yeah. So to balance it, you go to dimyan. Dimyan itself sounds like a it's an objectively negative thing. 
Yeah, so it's not objective. Nevuba came from Dimyan. A person needs a healthy imagination in order to, in order to get out of their own, their, own, their own head sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like a person is stuck in their own way and very rigid and not feeling what the other person is feeling, not really, in, in order to empathize, right? In order to, like, you have a certain way, and this guy is, 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 is not acting the way you think he should. So the Seichel person is, is in his own head, and that person does, cannot feel and cannot really understand why that person is acting not like that. This is the truth. Why are you, why are you not, you know? But with Dimyan, a person can start imagining, literally, to imagine oneself, what if I grew up like him? What if I was in his place? You put yourself in, his, in that person's shoes. And then all of a sudden, using the Kaycha Dimyan, you could actually feel what that person is feeling. And then you realize, maybe, you know what, maybe, maybe my truth is not the only truth. Or even if my truth is the truth, but this guy is not able to live up to that standard. And I hear it because, because he, whatever, he has a Nyanam in his life that he's not able to, yet, live up to that standard of, of, of what, I, what I know the truth to be. But you need that, that dimming is very important in terms of really getting outside of one's own uh, way of looking, you know, it's, it's very important. Fantasy, dimming has a quality of, of making, of, of putting pieces together to create something new that doesn't really exist, right? You could imagine uh, a flying elephant, right? Because you, you know what an elephant is, and you know what a bird is, but you take your imagination, you put them together, now you can imagine a flying elephant. Such a thing doesn't exist. But with Dimian, you could create such, you could create things that don't exist. You could get outside of truth. Now, that's a silly thing, because what's the pathless of imagining a flying elephant? But there is something important about imagining what, what it's like for a person that's living outside of the MS. Like, I know what the MS is. So, uh, you know, we know the MS is to keep Shabbos, right? And then there's, let's say, there's you that's not keeping Shabbos. So the Seychaldika person is going to be very upset by that, which you always should be upset by that. But he's going to be thinking in a very cold and calculated, even uh, cruel way of like, I, I can't believe he's not keeping Shabbos. He's like, what type of, should, you know, the Rav should just bring him to Gehenna early. What do we need him for? You know what I'm saying? These types of things. But that's terrible. The, 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 then the person has to use some dimyan to cool down that yardin. The yardin has to flow into the Leviathan. And the person begin, has to begin to think, one second, you know what? I know the truth is to keep Shabbos. I'm not going to try to... To, to, to convince myself otherwise, I know the truth is you're supposed to keep Shabbos. But maybe this guy, he has a certain up, upbringing, maybe, maybe he doesn't know what Shabbos is, or he knows what Shabbos is, but he doesn't really know what Shabbos is, he never had a good Shabbos, maybe his parents are mad. Who knows? It could be, uh, you can make, there could be unlimited amount of reasons why this guy is not keeping Shabbos. So it doesn't mean to undermine the truth that you know, but it means to, to give some space for others that maybe are not able to, to live up to the standard of truth that you know. That's where the dimian uh, balances it out, yeah. You see that all the Turks, Tzidus and, and, and Mister is based on that dimian where not clearly understanding all conflicts. That's true. For a person to be, um, to, be uh, to have an etia towards Panina Satyra, the imagination has to be somewhat, somewhat developed. Like I said, the great masters of Kabbalah were the Nevi'im. Ubiyad HaNevi'im Adameh. And the Nevi'im were great masters of their own imagination. They were in control of it. They didn't allow their imagination to go crazy, to just run on its own. It has to be driven by the seichel, but the, the, the imagination is very important in order to, uh, in order to battle. And, uh, and, uh, what, what, we're, what you're, you're doing right now is very good. You're helping me transition from until now we've been discussing it in the negative way. A bad seichel and a bad dimin, and they just like balance each other, right? So a guy, so a guy is in an, you know, it, it feels himself losing his temper, 
So what you should do is evoke a little taiva. Think of something that you that that gives you a little bit of hana. Think of like a good meal or I don't know, whatever whatever something that you that you enjoy. And if a person is falling into taiva, think about something that makes you a little bit nervous, you know, to balance each other out. But but flipping to the to the positive side, positive. Just as again, we gave an example of dimyan when it's unhealthy, seichel when it's unhealthy, and then you use each other to balance each other out, right? So far, so good. Okay. Now let's give an example of, in the positive, in the positive. Um, there's one, the, 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 the positive quality of seichel is obvious, which is Torah, right? Torah is truth, right? For example, Yosef HaTzadik, right? Yosef HaTzadik, as I said, he's the Baal Seichel. He's the Baal Seichel. He doesn't have an issue with Taivas, it's not his Indian. It's the Baal Seichel. Yosef HaTzadik is called Ben Zekunim. Yaakov loved him, right? Because he was the son of his old age. The Targum really translates Ben Zekunim means Bar Chakim, that Yaakov Avinu taught Yosef HaTzadik Torah. They had a very strong relationship in terms of Torah learning. Why Dafka Yosef? Because he's the Bar Seichel. <clears throat> now, this is, this is the interesting phenomenon. In the side of the Yitzhahara, the Yitzhahara Dikaseichel, Gaiva, the Yitzhahara Dikadimian, the Dimian of the Yitzhahara, which is Taiva, they don't really blend. They don't really come together. They just balance each other out, right? So the guy is about Taiva, he's still about Taiva. He just needs to, 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 balance, to bring a little Seichel into his life to balance it. He's too much of a Bar Seichel, in that way, about Gaiva, bring a little Taiva to balance. They're not really blending, they're just, they're just keeping each other in check. But when it comes to Kedusha, the nature of Kedusha is, is that things that might be opposites actually blend to become one. And this is what we find in Torah. We find in Torah that there's such a phenomenon where the actual Torah that a person learns and the avoid that a person has is Amos, that's Seichel. But sometimes, in order for a person to enter into that world, like crossing the yard and getting into Eretz Yisrael, sometimes to enter into that world of Torah, like the Gemara says, a person, La'aylam yasek adam mitzvah, what? A person should be involved in Torah mitzvahs even for the wrong, for, not for the, for the right reasons. By learning eventually you get to Lishma. What's the classic example of Shalai And it's something that we all do. I mean, kids, when we were all kids in school, right? So why were you learning when you were a little kid, if you were learning, right? Why were you doing that? So Mamish, like, like the Rambam, for example, gives an, uh, gives an example of this in his Pirish and Mishnah. He says, as a little kid, you want to get the kid to say a Pasuk and Chomish, so give him a candy. Give him a candy. You promise, the Rebbe says, uh, if you're good now, we'll give you extra recess. It's Dimyan. It's Mamish fantasy. But you see such a thing, that through engaging the Kayach Dimyan, through engaging the world of fantasy of the kid, not only does it, it doesn't just, it's not like by the Yetzirah where it just balances out his Seichel. It actually leads to Seichel. It actually leads to Seichel. From engaging the Shaloilishma, from learning for, the, for, you know, for all the wrong motivations of, of candy, recess, or when you're a little bit older, more sophisticated candy and recess. So when you do those in Yom, And Chazal are not saying that like, it's a bad thing. Well, we're seeing that in Kedusha, the Yardin and the Leviathan, which is Seichel and Dimyan, in, in, in Tumma, in impurity, in the Sahara version of those two constructs of the Leviathan and, 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 the, and the Yardin, they just balance each other. They, they, they're, they're really enemies. One is Taiva, and one, one is Dimyan, and one is Seichel. They're really opposites. But no, you've got to straddle both sides in order to be a little bit balanced. But Lamaisa, they don't really blend. But in Kedusha, the nature of Kedusha is oneness. This is a big cloud that everything in the world of impurity 
Yispardu is always divided. Sometimes you need both. Sometimes you need to, you know, bring enemies together for a single purpose, but they still, at the end, they remain enemies. When it comes to Kedusha, the nature of Kedusha is one. And this is what we see with Kedusha, that with Kedusha, Seichel and Dimyon are not enemies that they just balance each other out. Engage in your Dimyon and your fantasies, your, your, your Kaycha Dimyon, that quality of imagination, will lead to your Seichel. It'll actually bring you to the truth of Torah. It's not just a matter of balancing out your Seichel, it leads to the Seichel. The Yardin and the Leviathan merge as one entity in Kedusha. I'll give you an example. There was, a, there was a major event in Jewish history that at the time was not really, people didn't realize how big of an event it was, and it happened mamish in the Yardin. And that was the tshuva of Rish Lakish. The Gemara tells us a famous Maisa, right? That Rabbi Yochanan was bathing in the Yardin. Stavka in the Yardin. He was in the Yardin. And Rish Lakish at the time was not Rish Lakish. He was abandoned. He was... Uh, yeah, Biyani. He's not... not uh, yeah, he wasn't Rish Lakish yet. He sees Rabbi Yochanan in the Yardin, and what happens? He thinks Rabbi Yochanan is a woman, and he's going to attack her, him, her, whatever. He, he was going to attack this person. That's, that's not Rish Lakish, you know. Okay, so that's already. So he, what happens? He goes and he jumps into the Yardin, realizes that it's a man. Rabbi Yochanan, the Gemara says, didn't have a beard. He was very, like his, he was very handsome. And uh, so he goes to Rish Lakish, and what does uh, Rabbi Yochanan say? Everyone knows. Rabbi Yochanan says, Chelech Laraisa. Your strength should go for Tyra. Such power, go to Tyra. And Rishlagish says, Your beauty should go for women. You see the conflict over here. Seichel and Dimyan, right? So what does Rabbi Yechonin say to Rishlagish? If you are mechazig yourself to go to Yeshiva and to learn, I'll give you my, my, you'll marry my sister. My sister is even more beautiful than me. And, right, Dimyan. And what happens? Rishlagish says, he accepts. He becomes the, the Amor Rishlagish. See what's happening. What's initially the, a conflict between the, ty, the world of Taiva, which is the, the negative side of Dimit, and the negative side uh, of Seichel, what Rabbi Yochanan is doing with Rishlagish in the Yardin is, is evoking this quality of Yardin with Leviathan in a positive way. That Rishlagish was motivated to become Rishlagish because of his Taivas. He wanted to marry the sister of Rabbi Yochanan because of that. That's a big shlavishma. And all of a sudden what's happening in the Yardin is this revelation that Dimion itself actually could lead to I'll give you another example. The Gemara says in Avodah Zarah, it's a Gemara in Avodah Zarah, Dav Gilman the Gemara talks about the schedule of the Rabbana Shalom every day. He has a schedule what he does. The Gemara talks about that. The Gemara breaks down the 12 hours of the day into four different parts. Three hours for each. And then we're talking about what Hashem does in the last, the last, uh, the last uh, quarter of the day. And the Gemara says, he does two things. Simultaneously, he's God. He does two things. He's Mesachek Bilviyasan. Okay? He plays with Bilviyasan. And he's Mulamik Tinekish Shabbos Ravan. And he teaches young children in the base Medrash Lamala, children that Lolenu uh, were in after young, or in Hashem that haven't come yet to the world. He teaches them Tyre. Those two things he does simultaneously. See, such an amazing thing. Sachel Uviyasan is Dimyan. And he teaches Torah at the same time. But what type of Torah? Torah that he teaches to children. How do you get children to learn Torah? How do you get, how do you, how's manage the classroom over there? Because he, he offers them candy. It's, it's, it, that, that's how you mulamit tanagish v'zrabam. Mitochshelo elishma bolishma. Because that, that's, what, that's what's going on over here. Take a look at, at Marmokka number four, okay? Marmokka number four is a piece from Rav Tzadik in uh, Reish Sama. He's talking about this phenomenon of getting children or children-like adults 
to, to get them to learn. Okay? And, 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 and he follows the model of the Gemara. We have to offer them candy, right? So he says like this, before a person's bar mitzvah, that, that, that's the time where he doesn't have the seichel is not strong. It's, he's overrun with fantasy. The kid's not, uh, not holding by seichel. In, in, in this piece, just by the way, the Yitzhahara, the word Yitzhahara over here, in this particular piece, means dimyan. Okay, that's just in the context. And therefore, for a, for a kid, in order to, to bring Torah into his system, you have to engage the fantasy. You have to engage the illusion, the, the, the dimyan part of him, because that's what's dominant in this guy. Just like we were maces. What is maces? Like we, 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 uh, we trick. We mamish like, uh, don't tell the kids this, but we... we, we we try to mamish uh, trick them into sitting down to learn. <laughs> By giving them things of this world, right? Candy, recess, whatever it is. That, by the way, there's a Gemara, there's a Gemara about Metziah, it's a fantastic thing. My, my father told me this story, that there was a meeting years ago, it's just a Kaval de Gazach, by the way, just a little bit on the side. There was a meeting amongst big um, people in the world of Kirov and so on. They were talking about some issues, having whatever, Inyan that were going on in that world, and Roshon Freifel Zatzal was there. And everyone was talking about different strategies, how to get people inspired, whatever it is. And everyone was talking. And then Rosh said, Bamitsia Nunhei. What are you hacking at? I think it was Nunhei. Bamitsia. So, what are you talking about? So he says, Give me a Gemara. So he brings the Gemara. And he quotes the, the, the Maisa. The Gemara says a story that Rabbi Yudha Nasi had a hobby. Rabbi Yudha Nasi's hobby was that if you go around from town to town looking for Enoch of Big Tzadikim, they were off the Darach, the tribe of Makarivan. So the Gemara says that he found. There's a few stories like this, but there was one particular case that Rosh was, was referring to, is that Rabbi Yudanasi found the Enochal, I think it was Rabbi Yaisi, I think, I, I, I could be I'm wrong, one of the, one of the Tanoim, big, big Tana, and this person's uh, Enochal, the, the Tana's Enochal was way off, mamish way off, and Rabbi Yudanasi met him, and uh, what happened was he came to the city, and he asked, is there anyone here that's Miochis, uh, you know, an Enochal from Tzadikim, and they said, yeah, you know, Rabbi Yaisi's Enochal's over here, but he's not, uh, he's not Rabbi Yaisi. So he goes over there, and, and right on the spot, this is how Rabbi Yudah was makar of him. Rabbi takes him, gives him smicha, and makes him Rosh Hashiva. You're now officially in charge of everybody, you tell us what to do. Kavit, gave him Kavit. And, and the Gemara says that he mamish gave him a golden bekesha, like, oh, whatever, you know, it was a, it was a zach. You, 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 to be a Rosh Hashiva in those days, it means you didn't pay taxes, there was monetary significance too, like it was a big deal. So, 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 anyway, so he, uh, he becomes that. I think Morris says that every couple weeks, or maybe even less than a couple days, whatever it is, the guy would say to, 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 to Rabbeinu, because she said, I, 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 don't, I, I want to go home. Like, I don't want, what am I doing here? So Rabbi Nasi would always say to him, he said, what, you're going to go home? We give you COVID here. You're the Rosh Hashiva over here. You get whatever you want. Everyone calls you Rebbe. Well, it's, it's Mamish Kivaldik over here. What do you want to go back to, to the alleyways? Like, this is Mamish Kivaldik. You have all the cover in the world. He said, fine. Slowly but surely, he became who he became. To the point of where the Gemara says that Rabbi Yudanasi visited that, that town uh, a little while later, and he was passing by the base Medrash, and he heard someone learning. He said, that voice, it sounds like Rabbi Yudanasi, you know? And he came in, it was Taka Rabbi Yudanasi, uh, sitting and learning, because he became like that. We touched the Lodeshma Bolishma. That's where Rishon Freyville says it. But Mitzvah, that's how you make a We have to make chishboinus and make, give them COVID and mitosh uh, you know, that, that, that's how you make people sometimes, you know. Anyway, that's what, uh, that's what Tzadik is saying, is that by a child, you have to give them COVID and things that appeal to their dimyan, and then from there, you have to believe and trust that it will flow into Seichel. 
says, okay, now let's find. That's the model. So Yardin and Levyasan and Kedusha are Mamish one, not balancing each other out. It's Mamish one Indian. From Dimyan, you could lead to Seichel. From Seichel, you could become a Navi to, have, uh, to get to unbelievable Dimyanis, to get outside of, of Oilam Haz also, right? Because until now, we've been talking about it the other, one way, right? That Shlelishma Balishma, that from Dimyan, you could get to Seichel. But by the Mekubal and by the Neviim, it's the other way. By being makashi yourself to the seichel of Torah, you can mamish biyad nevim adam You can now flow into imagination and get out of olam haza. You can mamish become a himmel dekayid from that. How is it that? How is it possible that from learning about the shoshenagah chasapara, learning about the halachas of netil uh, sidaim, whatever it is that you're learning in Torah, which is so cerebral and so practical, so down to earth, and from there you could become an elevated person that that's a bal rocha kaidish that could read people's forehead. How, how does that happen? Just like Dimyan leads to Seichel, Seichel leads to Dimyan. So now Ritzalik says, but how does that work? <laughs> What's Hakeb Shat? These are two opposite worlds, Dimyan and Seichel. So I understand that they balance each other in the world of Sahara, but how do they flow into each other? So it says Ritzalik, this tells you what Tyre is. This tells you what Tyre is. It says Ritzalik. He says like this, Vizesha can and the fact that through Dimyan you can get to Tyre, or from Torah, you could get to a healthy demon like the Nevi'im, whom we pull Hashem's Baruch Bemes. What that tells you is, is that everything that you're doing is really Matana from the Rabbanu Shalom. It looks like you're, you're learning as a human being, right? In other words, in our way of thinking as human beings, there's two constructs, there's two places, there's Seichel and there's Dimyan. And either I'm engaging my Seichel or I'm engaging my Dimyan. And maybe I could balance them, but, I, but they're, they're still opposites. Says Ratzadik, the fact that in Avaiz Hashem, one literally flows into the other, it tells you that it looks like you're just, that you are the one engaging a certain part of you. But the truth is, it's all the Rabbanish And as far as the Rabbanish is concerned, he's above all of this. He's above Seichel, he's above Dimyan. When you go high enough from the Rabbanish perspective, it's an Afkimina. If Tyra, if growth in Avaiz Hashem is coming from you, from the human being, okay, then you, have to, then, then you have to pick sides. Either you're developing your human seichel, or you're developing your human, fam- your human dimin. But the truth is, it might look like that. It might look like you're opening the sefer, and it might look like you're opening the talim. It might look like you're doing everything. It's not. It's all from the Rabbanu Shalom. And the Rabbanu Shalom is giving you the schus, and obviously the Rabbanu Shalom will teach you, will teach you taira if you open a sefer. But once you open a sefer, it's the Rabbanu Shalom teaching you taira. And since it's coming from such a high place for the Rabbanu Shalom, so he's not, he's not stuck with these rules. He's not stuck with these limitations of Seichel and Dimya. The Rebbe created all of it. So he's the Bayre. He's the creator of all these places, of all these inyanim, of Seichel and Dimya. So from the perspective of the creator, there's no difference between these two sides. The, this divide, this barrier that we have between these two sides of who we are, Seichel and Dimya, that's only because we're stuck in that construct, in that world that has barriers. But the Rebbe is coming from a place that's above barriers. So if the Rabbani Shalom is the one giving you, if he's the one bringing light into your life, then that light that he's bringing into your life isn't stuck in a particular corner of your life. It, could, it, could, it should manifest in all places because it's coming from a place that's higher than all these particular rooms. Coming from a place, the Rabbani Shalom is a balabas. You know, if you're, almost like this, if you're a guest in someone's home, then you don't have free range. See, the, the, you, you have your guest room. You have your guest room. And uh, if the, the Balba says you could use uh, this bathroom, fine, then you go to the bathroom. If the Balba says, if you wake up in the morning, feel free to go to the kitchen and use the, the fridge to make yourself coffee, whatever, so fine. But, but you can't say, okay, well, that means that Aniyagev, it means I'm the Balba, so I can now go into every room, do whatever I want to. It doesn't work like that. You're the guest. But if you're the Balba, 
then every single room is within your jurisdiction. So we're not, we're not the Balabatim of this world, we're guests in this world. So now you have your boxes, you have your room, Seichel, Demian, so you're stuck in that place. But the Balabas is in charge of all these rooms. So if the Balabas, the Rabbanu Shalom, if he's the one being Mashpia into you, if he's giving you light, if he's giving you Tyra, then it falls into all the rooms. There's no, he's not stuck in a particular room. So this is, this is a simon, the fact that and the fact that from Seichel, from learning Tyra with Seichel, it could, it could turn you into a person of, of great dimion in a good way, that tells you that from the very beginning, all the Torah that you were learning was never you. This is the meaning of what Chazal said that the Rabbanu Shalom teaches to Nekesh of Yisraelim. But Tzaddik writes, it doesn't just mean that he's teaching children. It means that all Torah that we ever learn is really in that way. Just like a child in Cheder doesn't think, that he's, he's receiving from his rabbi. The rabbi says, the kid repeats. So of course it's coming from a higher place. That's all Torah learning is really like that. It's all from the Rabbanu Shalom. Take a look at Marmukha number 5. It's also from the Kutim Ammarim, page 90. Ukamayish Amr Ba'avadizara, by Rav Tzadik. Rav Tzadik says that the Gemara of Avadizara we quoted before, Shakadash Baruch Yoyesh Bekal Yayim, that Hashem sits every day in Mulami Tinagish of Israel and teaches school children. Says Rav Tzadik, Tinagish of Israel, what does it mean to be a Halavai? We should become, we should be part of that Cheder of the Rabbanish Shalom. So how do you, how do you join if. If you're already old, so he says, "Heim hanikroyim to be a tenakish of Israel means someone hamakir v'yoidim, someone that recognizes and knows shein lemiatzman that you don't have anything of your own. Rak mashemakavim rabim, only what you receive from your master, from the rabbanish shalom. If you can learn Torah and keep mitzvahs and daven, but have that consciousness and awareness that although it, I have to open the sefer, I have to go to shul, I have to do these things, but really it's the rabbanish shalom bringing Torah into my life." The Rabbanu Shalom bringing Dvekis into my life, then that's cool. You're in the category of Tanakh Shavis Rabbim. And if you're in the category of Tanakh Shavis Rabbim, then the Torah, then the Rabbanu Shalom teaches you Torah directly. You're able to feel that. And at the same time, he's Mesachek Bilaviyasan. In other words, Torah and Dimyan, Seichel and Dimyan become one from that perspective if you see yourself as a Tanakh Shavis Rabbim. If you see yourself as a child that's just receiving from the Master, then there's no conflict, but there's no divide between those two worlds of Dimyan and Seichel. Let's quick, let's just, let's just go back to Sefer Yeshua, okay? The Jewish people are now beginning to enter into Eretz Yisrael. Entering into Eretz Yisrael, entering into Eretz Yisrael means going into that place of Tarsh Baal Peh. Eretz Yisrael versus the world of Meishavim. We spoke about this weeks ago also, that the, the world of the desert was a world of, of the sun. It was a world of, of, of being given light from above. It was obvious that the Rabbanish was in charge of everything. You didn't have to work. You didn't have to make food. You didn't have to take. You didn't have to shower. You, 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 were, you sat there and you basked in the glow in the light of the sun of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is compared to the sun. The, the God of Moshe Rabbeinu is a God is 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 also compared to the sun in terms of it constant, constant giving light. Everything is from the sun. We have nothing. That's what the world of the Midbar was. Now the Jewish people are now getting to Eretz Yisrael. What does Eretz Yisrael mean? Eretz Yisrael means work. Eretz Yisrael means make your own food. Eretz Yisrael means open a safer on your own. Eretz Yisrael means Learn Gemara, Eretzizol means Nigla, Eretzizol means Tarsh Peh, the oral Torah, which is human. And so what's happening at that moment, at, as the Jewish people cross over into Eretzizol, by the crossing of the Yardin, what Yeshua Benun is trying to establish, is to remind the Jewish people, is that as you enter into that world of Tarsh Peh, remember, remember, that the truth is, it just looks like you're opening the Sefer. It just looks like that this is something you're doing on your own. But the truth is, the same sun that was giving us all the sustenance and all the, the light in the Midbar is also giving us that same light in the desert. And how do you know that? How do you see that? 
You see that from the fact that the fact that the Leviathan and the Yardin are unified, the fact that there's no divide in the world of Kedusha between intellect and Dimyan, the fact that one flows into the other, that tells you that it's not human. It tells you that what's happening when you learn Torah is not a human experience. If it would be, in other words, if, if learning Torah and Avadis Hashem would be purely human, then these are two different, two different rooms, two different constructs. How could Dimyan and the intellect flow one into the other? It doesn't, it doesn't work. But the fact that the Yardain and the Leviathan are united, mm-hmm. right? Then what's, that, that exact, what's, what, what that's telling us is that everything that you're going to experience in Torah is mamish, not, not, not from you, it's from the Rabbanish Shalom. And it might look like that in Eretz Yisrael that it's you. But it's the same sun, it's the same Moshe Rabbeinu as always. This is why, it's going back to the original questions, this is why the Jewish people needed to travel towards the Yardin by the day, by the day. Because the whole, again, Eretz Yisrael, Tarsh Peh, is compared to the nighttime. The nighttime means there's no sun anymore, you've got to do something on your own. The daytime means Moshe Rabbeinu, that means it's from above. To make sure that the Jewish people realize that even what looks like you, really it's the Rabbanish Lailam, and the proof is, as I've said, so because of that, our traveling towards the yard, they have to be by the day. And that's why we have to be in a Shabbos mindset. Shabbos mindset, even on our traveling towards the yard. Why? What Shabbos? Shabbos says, everything's taken care of. The Rabbani Shalom has, he created the world, he's in charge. That's what Shabbos means, right? So that's, what, that's what's happening when we cross the yard. It's reminding ourselves that even what is going to look like, in our own Avayi Hashem, what's going to look like our own efforts, that we're opening the Sefer, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're davening. It's Hashem Svasei Tiftach, it's all Hashem. It's Shabbos Dik, it's Meish Rebbeinu Dik, it's, it's Sun Dik. And because of that, that's how the Jewish people crossed over the Yardin. This is why, just quickly, another minute, this is why, Dafka at this moment, the Yardin had to be split by the Aaron being carried by Kahana. So the Aaron is an amazing thing. The Aaron houses the Luchais, which is Tyre, which is Seichel. That's intellect. But what's covering the Aaron are these kruvim, which is fantasy, right? These kruvim that are an image that represents Hashem's love with the Jewish people. That's dimyan. That's dimyan. That's fantasy. That's illusion. That's a picture. It's, a, it's artistic, right? It's art. So that, the Aaron is a perfect combination of these two worlds. Of what? Of dimyan and seichel becoming one and, and seeing them as one. This is why it was dafka carried by the kahanim. The Kahanim, it says in Pasuk, The Kahanim are the, are the ones to teach the Seichel of Torah. Torah, Seichel, that's the Kahanim. Mitzat Sheini, the Kahanim draw their Kedusha from Aaron Akayin. What was Aaron Akayin's thing? Aaron Akayin made Shalom between people. How? By making up stories. Right? He goes through a vineyard, I'll tell you the truth. Shimon came out with me, he really feels, he feels terrible about what he did. Goes to Shimon, I'll tell you the truth. Ruvin said, you know, he feels terrible about what he did. Baloney, it's a big baloney. His mom is making up stories, making a dimyan. But from that dimyan, from that dimyan, a truth emerged, which is Reuven and Shimon love each other, badness. That, that's what Aaron Akain is. Aaron Akain is that blend of dimyan, of fantasy, of art. That's what the, the, the big de kahuna are beautiful, covered with forest. There's a certain quality of fantasy. A person that's a pure seichel shouldn't care about uh, what his clothes look like. What's the difference? Clothing are just to make sure I don't get. Uh, I don't get uh, too cold or too hot outside. What's the difference what it looks like? A person that, care, that cares about clothing, that's more from the world of Dimyan. So the Kahanim, that are what? That are the ones that teach Tyra, are also the same ones that care very much about what they look like. Because Dimyan and, and Seichel in Kedusha are Mamish one. Why? Because it's all coming from the Rabbanu Shalom anyway. 
So Davka the Oren, which is an object that's Seicheldik and Dimyendik, is being carried by Kahanim who are Seicheldik and Dimyendik to split the Yardain, which itself comes from Don flowing into the Leviathan, allowing the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael, which means that you're going to enter into a world which looks like it's all you, and it looks like it's human, but all of this, the fact that these two universes of Dimyon and Seichel could become unified, is a simon, that really what you're traveling with is with the sun, it's Shabbos all week long, it's all the Rabbani Shalom, and because it's from the Rabbani Shalom, he's not stuck in any of these constructs, he's not stuck only with Dimyon, and he's not stuck only with Seichel, one can flow into the next. So Hashem should help us, we should remind of like, like such a thing, that uh, to travel with Shabbos, to travel with that Amuna, that everything we do is really, uh, it's all from the Rabbanu Shalom. Okay,